Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode 105 entitled Rebecca Gill and Her Amazing Life. Flourishing from Adversity. It was published on Thursday the 6th of December 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined later by Rebecca Gill, as I alluded to just a moment ago, so that we can have an interview with her about her life. A few bits of housekeeping. If you wouldn't mind going over to the wpbuilds.com website, you can obviously find all of the episodes that we've put out there. There's a little archives button in the menu at the top. But also, if you'd like to keep in touch, we do things like put out a, a weekly newsletter. You can be kept in touch with what we do via Facebook Messenger. And you can join our thriving Facebook group, which is well over 1,700 members now. And it's a very, very cool place to be. I rather enjoy getting in there on a daily basis. And you can find out about all of those things at the subscribe page, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. We've also got a whole bunch of deals on WordPress products and services, and you can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. Got a few webinars coming up as well that you might be interested in. That's forward slash webinars. And forward slash advertise if you'd like to advertise on the WP Builds podcast. Perhaps that's a banner advert or it might be a sort of audio insert, which we which we now offer. So, yeah, if you're interested in getting your product or service out in front of our audience, go to forward slash advertise. And this next next one is new. It's WPBuilds.com forward slash forward slash contribute. And the idea of this is I would like people in our community to come on to the podcast and share their screen. We'll record it and put it out when it's when it's done. Um, but the principle is that you've done something that you're pleased with and proud of. Perhaps you figured out a way to use Zapier to link up something with your WordPress website. Or perhaps you've got a CRM system which you believe to be really good and you've figured out a way to save yourself a whole bunch of time. Whatever, really. But the principle is... Over 10 to 20 minutes, we record your screen and then we put them out ad hoc. So if you've got anything that you think you'd like to share with our community that would save them time that you think is, is worthwhile listening to, please reach out by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash contribute and filling out the form and I'll get back to you. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy. Learn how to build your WordPress business with free resources from experienced freelancers, consultants and agencies. You can find it all at x.co forward slash WP builds. That's the letter x.co slash WP builds. And the page builder framework. Do you use a page builder to create your websites? Page Builder Framework is a mobile, responsive and lightning fast WordPress theme that works with Beaver Builder, Elementor, Breezy and other page builders. With its endless customization options in the WordPress customizer, it's the perfect fit for you or your agency. Go to wp-pagebuilderframework.com today. Okay, as I said at the top of the podcast, we've got Rebecca Gill on today. 
It's entitled Rebecca Gill and Her Amazing Life, Flourishing from Adversity. And it's unlike anything we've done really before because Rebecca spends most of the time discussing with me her life. And normally we talk about plugins and themes and code and that kind of thing. And not today. It's all about her life and how she's managed to get over the humps and bumps that she's had. And it, it, it is just a fascinating story, truly interesting. And I would say anybody working in the WordPress space ought to be listening to this because it just shows you what's possible with a bit of tenacity. I hope you enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed recording it. Hello there. Thank you for making it to this part of the podcast and sticking with us one more time. I appreciate it very much. Today, all the way from... Do you know what? I don't know all the way from where. I know it's near Michigan somewhere, but I don't know. It's 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 Rebecca Gill. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. I am from now Traverse City, Michigan. I, I Regrettably, my geography of, the, of North America can do Michigan, but it can't do the other bit, the Traverse City bit. Um, I, that's okay. okay I just moved so it's you, you wouldn't even have known it if, if you needed to <laughs> it'll be on the map now for sure though now that you've moved in we're going to take a very different tack this week uh, a few interviews that we've done over the last period of time have ended up being not really about WordPress at all they've been about the person and uh, when I got Rebecca to agree to come on we exchanged a couple of emails and she sent me some links and I explored them as I always do and the story of Rebecca is going to be the, today's podcast because it's just so blooming interesting. Um, <laughs> no, but it is. It's fascinating. I mean, I think the best way to begin this is if we rewind the clock right to the very, very start when you were a teeny tiny little child. Um, and perhaps you could just fill us in on what life served up for you when you were of speaking age and toddling about. Sure. So, and, and it's funny because most people in the WordPress community don't know this. They just, mm. they, you know, they see me at conferences or, you know, doing webinars and that's who they, they think that I am and like that I have everything together. And that wasn't always the case. Mm. So, uh, you know, I was born in Michigan um, when I was six months old. My mother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and was virtually sick the entire time I knew her. Mm. Um, as I grew up, that, that condition degraded and the the multiple personalities and the mental illness that she had um, came out stronger and stronger. And by the time I reached age 11, I was literally having a mental breakdown from the chaos in which I was living. Mm. And so I emancipated myself and moved in with uh, extended family in, in northern Michigan, became a ward of the state. Um, and, you know, kind of moved between like my aunt and my grandparents. My grandparents eventually raised me until I was 18 and my grandmother passed away and I headed off to college. Um, but, you know, it's funny because people, you know, look at me now and they're like, oh, you're so successful and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, really, I was the kid in remedial reading in fifth grade. I could barely get to class, let alone do anything with it. I struggled all through grade school, started to finally get things together in high school, um, but still not really, you know, there's just so much basic things from from elementary school and, you know, those those core years that I just don't know. You joked about geography. I'm horrendous at geography. And that's because, <laughs> you know, I just didn't have the mental capacity to to absorb what was happening in school because life around me was so chaotic. Mm. Um, and, th and that that was my bringing my upbringing. But you know, the goodness of that is my grandmother kind of took over and really healed me mentally. Um, and honestly gave me anything good within me came from her. 
Um, and she taught me to be a survivor and, you know, and to fight and to, to, you know, persevere through hard times and to work hard and have good ethics and, um, everything in business and everything good in my life, I swear, you know, kind of filters back to her as the source and Mm. because she really planted all those seeds for me and nurtured it. When you, when you were this, did you say it was 11 when you, when you moved away? I was, yes. Yes. Did, Did you, did you leave home? Uh, that on that vacation or whatever it was that trip away from home did you leave knowing I'm not coming back or did you just no decide? so so I was having literally a, a breakdown um and my, my grandparents were at my house with my parents and they could sense something was wrong and it was Christmas time and they're like let us just take her up for Christmas so my parents finally agreed and I went up with them for Christmas and when it came time to come home I you know I knew I, knowing I was going to come home I, I had a breakdown up there Um, and my cousin, um, God bless her. She was three years older than me. She said, you know, why don't you just stay? I was like, what? She's like, why don't you just stay? My, you know, mom will let you stay. And my aunt and my uncle were, you know, they were super poor. They had 12 kids, you know, and like, I think six of them were still living home and they were on, you know, you know, public assistance themselves yet they took me in and I called home on Christmas day. And I said, told my parents, I'm like, I'm not coming home. They're like, oh no, you are. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not. Whoa. And I ended up um, going to, you know, court in the state of Michigan. I had to go in front of a judge and say who I wanted to live with and, you know, explain the fact that I didn't want to go home. And, I, you know, back then you don't know why you don't want to go home. I just knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't exist anymore in that situation because I was just falling apart inside. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it's I, I look back and I'm like, well, gosh, that was my low point. And everything mm. has been good since. And I feel like my life now is so much full of goodness. And it's like God's reward for all the crap I took back then. <laughs> do, do you ever sort of spend time looking back and thinking, you know, what if? What if that three, three-year-older child hadn't opened their mouth at that exact moment and said that one little sentence on which your life has spun um, I- and thought, wow, what would I be now? What would I be doing? I do. And I'm, and it scares me. Uh. I really think that I would be, um, you know, cause m- m- both my sisters have struggled. They didn't have that, um, that nurturing from my grandmother up close. And both of them have really struggled and tried to, you know, overcome what we went through. Um, cause there was a lot of mental abuse as kids and some, some, you know, physical, um, abuse and, you know, just mistreatment. But, and and I've watched them struggle and I, I've had such a better foundation mm. because I left. And it does, it does, it does scare me and it makes me really, really thankful, mm. you know, that um, I, I believe in pivot points in life. Yep. And that was a pivot point for me. Without question, that was a pivot point for me because it put me into an environment where this village, the small village of 2000 people in Grayling raised me, you know, there was, it, it was a small town, you know, and people knew of my story and they, um, you know, they just did little things to help me along the path, whether it was a teacher or it was a friend's parent or it was like somebody I worked for at McDonald's, you know, you, people just helped me. And it, and that was I can't imagine life if I didn't have that assistance. Mm, it's, you know, the, the, the sad reality is, is that this exact story is being played out with all sorts of different endings, probably hundreds, possibly thousands of times a day, uh, you know, all, all over the world. Was your um? You said your grandmother when you were spent time at your grandmother's. What what was she like? Was she a sort of gritty, tough talker, or was she a kind, you know, do everything for you kind of person? Did she uh, did she influence a, you? Um, well, you said she a, did. 
Yeah, that's a funny question because my friends from high school thought my grandma was so sweet. And my grandma was, she was sweet. <laughs> she was a firecracker. Oh. I mean, she grew up in the recession or the depression in the U.S. And um, she married my grandfather because her mother told her that she couldn't afford to feed her. And she needed to either get a job or get married. And there were no jobs. So she married my grandfather and lived with him for the next 50 years, even though she really never loved him. Oh. But, and, you know, but, she, but again, that's she knew how to persevere and uh -huh, how to uh -huh. get through tough times. And but she was also she didn't stand for crap when she didn't like the cast on her legs. She just sawed it off, you know, and she told people <laughs> you know, she, that was literally like I was gonna say, is that a metaphor? Or is that actually what happened? Yeah, it is actually what happened. And I think of things like that. And it's like, no, don't take other people's crap. But like you do good in the world and you give goodness. And if you can't say something nice, you keep your mouth shut. Mm. But you don't take other people's crap and you stand up for yourself. And, you know, you make your own path. And those are the things that she instilled in me. Um, and I love her for that. I mean, mm. it just, you know, there's it, like, it's, you know, I, and I, you know, I teach people about SEO and I tell them it's hard work. Well, it is hard work, but you know what? Grandma told me hard work is okay. And she taught me that that's, that's just part of freaking life and, you know, bury down and, and do what you need to. And that's like, what's one of the reasons why I like the SEO because of that. But she <laughs> had an alternative personality that the rest of the world saw that was sort of more, or gentle and kind, if you know what I mean. But deep, yes, deep down was, in the home, when the door was shut, she was gritty and get on with it. <laughs> she, well, she was like, you know, to the outside world, the religious little grandma who made um, cinnamon buns, you know, and pancakes. Right, right. Yeah. But, but which is great. And she was that for me. But then she was also that other side that she, you know, she she did things to prepare me for life. And like she literally, we would spend time in the cemetery walking through and talking about the people there and she was doing that to help prepare me for future loss mm. and she was so intelligent when I think back to the things that she would do and how they shaped me because mm. they truly did shape me I mean just that that little that that little time that she spent doing that made me not fear death or illness or anything else and um, it's a smart woman who can do that kind of thing and I she you know I don't even know if she graduated high school yeah, she had all of that intelligence inside of her. Yeah, you can't measure intelligence from a degree, can you? Or from schooling, no. it's it's an entirely different thing. Yeah, did you do you look back on the 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 pre eleven period? Is it just a black hole that you don't want to dwell on, or are the bits of that with hindsight that you think actually that taught me some valuable stuff as well? I, I, I gained some knowledge by all of that adversity. Um, I, you know, I remember a lot. I've let, I've let a lot go. I don't, I, I remember a lot and I try to remember the goodness, right. And the, and the badness that's there that I, that I still have. I try to take lessons away. And I think one of the best things for me is, you know, for mental health is becoming a mother myself mm. because I know what I feel for my kids. I mean, you're a father, you know what you feel for your mm. kids. Mm. And if you're mentally healthy, you treat your kids well and their interest is what's most important for mm. you and their well-being. And I know now that I'm a mom, mm. my mom never would have done the things that she did if she was mentally healthy. And that's a healing process, mm. right? Because it's some awareness. Um, so, and I don't ever want to fully let go of that past because it's, it is part of who I am and it's, it's, it did produce a lot of goodness and it made me super strong. Um, you know, and I'm thankful for that. It, it strikes me that an 11 year old child having the, what's the word, the correct word here. I was going to say audacity, but it's not audacity. It's a different <laughs> word. It's chutzpah, um, something about them that would actually pick up the phone and tell their parents, uh, no, I'm not coming home. It doesn't matter what you say. I'm staying here. <laughs> that that 
I think you must have had some gusto about you, um, which presumably your grandmother was able to build on top of. You, you, you presumably have been strong all of your life, even if during the first 11 years it was grinding you down. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, I, I think that there's there's nature and there's nurture. Mm. I think the nature part of me and that, that huspa and that spunk was just there because I'm my grandmother's granddaughter, you know, and mm. then she nurtured it even further. I think that's just part of who I am. And, mm. um, you know, I've always had a strong sense of survival. And I think that's part of the sense of survival, like knowing, and even as adult, like in those pivot points is knowing when I've had enough. That's how I started the agency mm. was a pivot point And I landed myself in the ER and it was because I had had enough and I needed to, I needed to pivot and I needed to pivot fast and I needed to survive when I did it. Mm. Um, and, and I'm thankful, you know, that pivot points come and, and they allow us to make major life decisions because mm you know, they can put you on a new trajectory that is super positive that you wouldn't necessarily have placed yourself on. I find it really hard to have those moments in my life, largely because now I'm a father, I think, and there's that dependency, which I don't want to mock about with. But I find that when I go on holiday, I'm full of ideas about all these revolutionary, interesting and and profitable things that I'm going to do. Kind of life just takes over. Um, I am, am, I'm sure, quite different uh, to you. Wait, wait, you're known within the WordPress community uh, for, well, SEO, I would say, uh, is one of the primary things. We'll get to these in a minute. And then obviously with your agency that you've got um, and the fact that you speak widely, you know, you're a regular face at WordPress events and and feature on, uh, you know, you write quite a lot and so on and so forth. Did, um, has WordPress or the web or technology been a part of life um, post-school or did you have a, a time where you never t- turned on a computer and never fiddled with technology at all? So, you know, growing up, we didn't, I didn't have a computer. I mm. mean, I didn't, we didn't, have, I was the poorest kid in town. So, mm. you know, and I was a ward of the state and so I was on public assistance. So I had no technology then and I didn't really have technology until, um, until I, you know, got into college and had some computer classes and they weren't coding classes by any means. And so then my first job out of college, I just needed to eat. So I took a temp job where I was supposed to just do data entry and, you know, they trained me on the software that they had just installed at the company. And three days later, I retrained the guy that trained me. And <laughs> literally, so he, I mean, cause I loved it. Right. But that was a, that was a, that, that was like another pivot point for me because I, found technology and I fell in love with it. And it was like this ERP software. And I realized, oh my gosh, it could do magical things. Mm-hmm. Like it could run an entire business and make sure stuff got to Dell computers. So computers would actually ship and it could change the world. Mm. And and I've never left technology since every, you know, I did take a job um, with Delphi automotive for a while for three years. And I was a sales manager there. Um, but I was losing my mind because I didn't have, the technology. I mean, like airbags and seatbelts and, you know, instrument panels aren't that sexy to me after I've been in a world, you know, surrounded by software. Um, so, <laughs> so, tech, so I've never, besides that three year stint, you know, at Delphi, because I needed a really local mommy friendly job, I've never left technology and it's mm. always been core to who I am. Um, and I'm, I'd love it. I absolutely love it. Did you post school or post wherever you stepped off education? Did you um, immediately recognize you wanted to be an entrepreneur and take a job, a, a regular paycheck just to tide you over? Or was 
was that part of you at the time? You know, did you did you just need a job and stability and all of that? So, you know, leaving college, I just wanted a paycheck and a job and some stability. I mm. wanted health insurance because I hadn't had health insurance for, you know, years. Mm. Um, I wanted like to be able to know that I had money coming in to pay for an apartment and food. That was like my ultimate goal. I never planned to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to have that security taken away from me because, you know, when you grow up poor, you do have that sense of survival. You know that you have to, you know, first and foremost, you've got to have some place to live and some place, you know, something to eat. Uh, and when you go into, you know, life as an entrepreneur, those aren't guarantees. So I did not choose or ever plan on being an entrepreneur. It was, again, life's, you know, experiences and that pivot point and an eight-hour visit to the ER that forced the issue, mm. um, you know, and put me into it. And it was just, it was my mental health. It was preserving the mental health and getting out of the situation I was in. And it was, you know, in the middle of the recession. There were no jobs available. I couldn't go look for somebody oh, else. So boy, I had to yeah. create my own. Mm, yeah. And you've done an amazing job since then. Did you, I mean, we, we know you're a, the WordPress person. How, how did that all come about? Were you WordPress right from the get-go when you became an entrepreneur or did it accidentally happen? No. So when I left my company, my husband said to me, he's like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, a fair question. <laughs> how are you going to bring in money? And I was like, well, I know SEO. I, you know, I, I, I know it good, I think. And I said, I'm going to do that for people. And he's like, how are you going to find clients? And I'm like, well, I'm going to blog and use social media. And so, you know, and I started to do that and I started to get clients through LinkedIn. Um, and but I realized really quickly that clients did not have access to their websites. It was all, you know, code based that nobody could edit. Ah, and yes. so I had to figure out a way to create websites that they could actually manage. And and I had a little bit of experience with WordPress and Joomla from my old job. And so I was going to start using both of them. Well, I quickly realized that WordPress was the path for me and I abandoned Joomla and I went, you know, into WordPress, but I had no intentions of starting an agency. It just kind of, you know, continue to grow and I had more work than I could manage, um, you know, individually. So I started to build that team and then that team started to grow bigger than what I wanted to, um, which, you know, has been recent years and I've kind of scaled that back. Um, but that, that's the path that I found to WordPress. And it wasn't probably until, um, I would say four or five years ago that I truly embraced the community and found myself at a, away WordCamp and realized that there was just magical people within the community. And, you know, I wanted to even jump in further. I read something, I forget where now, um, somewhere either on your website or something that you wrote on somebody else's website. And it was all about this period of time where you, where you became part of the WordPress community and you realized that they were your crowd. And it sounds from the top of the article as if you felt, um, like, like you didn't really want to engage or you felt a little bit uncomfortable. And I bet there's a load of people out there who are listening to this who are exactly the same, you know, identify with your story, the adversity of it all. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about the, the sort of benefits and the, the fun that you've, you've experienced by jumping in and going to these live events? So my first one of my first away camps was um, Word WordCamp Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and I think it I think it was the second Las Vegas that I went to that I was sitting there. It could have been the first, I don't remember, but Chris Lama was there and he was introducing me to everybody. Well, apparently when he was introducing me to people, I kept saying I don't code because I felt really intimidated because WordPress is filled with people that you know are programmers and mm -hmm. they know CSS and everything else. And he got up to do the keynote and midway through the keynote, he literally calls me out, but not by name and says that 
you know, basically I am successful. I need to really move past that. We need to get past that imposter syndrome and really recognize our true talents and that we do have something to give. And he pulled me aside and he said, I just want you to know when I introduce you, this is what you say. And I didn't even know I was doing it. He's like, stop the imposter syndrome, embrace the goodness within you. He's like, you have a lot of it. And he goes, you just need to let people see it. And that was kind of a, you know, that was another pivot point for me because I was like, oh, I think he's right. And oh my gosh, I do have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so I let it go. I really tried to let that imposter syndrome go. I opened myself up. I tried to be, you know, very um, interactive with people. And I met wonderful people there and with every camp I went to. And they, you know, became good friends. I mean, I even took my husband, who's never wanted to go to California's life. We flew up for the weekend to go to Kareem Maruki's birthday from Crud Favorite because, you know, <laughs> these are truly my friends. And literally, I took my daughter to Europe in June for 10 days as a graduation present. What did we do there? Well, guess what? <laughs> Brown <laughs> and Elena Brown and Elena came and Kareem Maruki was there and Mendel. I mean, people came and like we all, you know, we we met together in Italy and my daughter got to see people from the community. We all had dinners and went to museums. I mean, so you know, the community has become part of my life. And mm. the one thing I will say, if you're listening to this, because I've heard people. Um, in reference really on Twitter, you know, the cool kids of the community or the elite, there are no cool kids. There are no elites. We're all fumbling through this together. Right. I, I don't, I'm not friends with Kareem Maruki because he runs an agency. I'm friends with him because I've always been a square peg in a round hole and I've never fit. Mm -hmm. And until I met WordPress, that was the case. But once I found WordPress, I realized that there's other square square pegs, you know, trying to fit into round holes. And I, we don't need to do that because you know, we're all very similar and we've all goofy in our own, you know, individual and also collective ways. Mm. And I could really connect with people. And that's why I'm friends with them. And, you know, and that's why we're friends together and people, you know, interact in the WordPress. It's just because you find people that are like you, you know, and, and it, it, it it's nothing about status or anything else. It's just, these people actually finally get me for the first time in my life. Mm. They don't think I'm weird. <laughs> well, they <laughs> might think I'm weird, <laughs> but, they but, they, but it's, it's, a, it's a much lesser sense of weirdness <laughs> than any other time. And I, and it, gosh, I, you know, and I'm in my mid forties. It took me until like I almost was, you know, 40 or shortly after 40 to find that peer group mm. that I felt like I fit with. And I do feel like I fit within WordPress. Uh, I still can't, I still don't code. I still can't understand a word that you people say when you're talking about, you know, advanced code and things like that. But that's okay. You're still, uh, you know, a round peg trying to fit in a square hole and we're, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's lovely. I mean, I've only been to, I think, three WordCamps now. And the, the first one, I, I, I didn't really know anybody. I did, kind of, more sort of anecdotally, because I was just getting into WordPress. So I didn't have this back history of meeting people. But the second time and the third time, it was it was much more, oh, look, oh, oh, hello. You know, there you are again. Oh, wonderful. Yes, and you sort yes. Of, you and, pick up and where I'll... you left off. And I'll tell you that WordPress can't like WordPress events and WordCamps are the only place I feel like I go to where someone sees me across the room and I see their face shift. Mm. You know, I'm a face reader and a room reader, and I could visually see their happiness to see me. Mm. 
this it, this is the only time in my life I ever have that. My oh. husband doesn't even do that to me. Oh. Maybe my kids do, but not my husband, right? <laughs> but the WordPress people do because they're genuinely happy to to see me and interact with me, and I love that. It's a it's a difficult. It is a tall order, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, um, I'm I'm fairly gregarious and fairly outgoing, so I've not really suffered this too much. But I can imagine because of the kind of work that we do, where we're stuck behind a screen. Um, and it, and it can suck you in and you can do endless days and hours and weeks and months go by. You don't really see other people. Did you ever have that um, moment of, I don't know what to say to anybody when you first went to one of these events and just sort of stood around a bit like a, I don't know, like you said, a, a round peg in a square hole and didn't know how to break the ice and didn't have those skills? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I, and there's been conferences that I've gone to, even, you know, WordPress events that I've still kind of feel awkward once in a while, you know, mm. people are talking about stuff and I have no idea what the hell's going on. Um, but you do have to just push through it or you just need to walk away and find another group you can chat with yeah. because people are welcoming. And so I was at, um, I think WordCamp US a couple of years ago and there was a gentleman named Dave who was coming and beforehand he had said, Um, you know, it's difficult for him to put conferences because he's very introverted, like painfully introverted. Mm. Right. And he was really worried about coming and interacting. And I watched him and, you know, and I hugged him when I saw him because I knew this, um, and I knew him from online only, but I watched him interact with like Corey Miller and Kareem Maruki and Chris Lama and all these different people who he looked up to and he did it great. He was wonderful. Mm. And all of that angst and all of that fear and that anxiety was more in his head than anything else because he interacted wonderful, you know, mm. with them. And I did make a point to say that afterwards. I'm like, I know that was hard for you, but guess what? You got through it. You did a great job. People liked you and you got to meet people in person and have, you know, that those connections that you wouldn't have otherwise had. And I would encourage anyone who's in that same position. It's not easy for any of us, you know, when, when we first step out, but there is a world of goodness waiting for you at online events. Mm. And there's people that are just as goofy and quirky as you that really want to meet other goofy, quirky people. And we do have things in common and, you know, and you will find that there is a peer group there that will embrace you and welcome you and have that, you know, that smile when they see you because they're your people. Mm. Um, and, and don't let that fear and anxiety and that introvertedness hold you back. You know, if you can step out, because I think that you will benefit from it. And I really think that it will provide um, r- rewards and, and a return for you well after you leave the event. It's almost impossible to describe what the reward is, but it, it will be there in one way, shape or form. In my case, it's been the it's been the little groups that have popped up, which we, we frequent on Facebook, but now I've got these lovely little groups in Facebook where we, we talk and very often we'll sort of like have a bit of a moan or we'll discuss a problem or a thorny issue that we can't work out. And that would never have happened outside of WordCamp. I had to meet them in order for it to happen. I, I've gotten employees and clients, mm. uh, you know, cause I, I'll do work for other agencies and things, uh, you know, fr- from those interactions. And I think a big thing for me with the agency, you know, going to in-person events is knowing that if I get stuck, somebody's got my back, mm. right? I have this pool of people that I could reach out to and go, Hey, I'm really stuck on this project. You know, we can't get through this issue. Do you know the answer or do you know somebody I could reach out to Mm. that could assist me? Right. And there are people and that's like, so I went to Cabo press one year 
And it was the first year. And I remember sitting there at night and, you know, we just were talking about, it was a small group. There was like, I think 12 or 18 or something. Mm. And it was small. And there was a conversation and I, and I said, I can't remember what I said, um, but I remember Ben May from Australia, not knowing my history. He said, well, you just need to not be, you know, so boastful. You just, you need to, you need, or prideful. You need to be able to, you need to reach out when you need help. And I looked at him and I go, and I almost, I like literally started to get tears in my eyes. I'm like, Ben, I've never had people to, to reach out to in my life. I've always had to fend for myself. Mm. That's how I grew up. So the idea of me as an agency owner, reaching out to another agency for help, it's, it, it's just not part of who I am because that's, I've never had that. Mm. And it was at that point that Kareem, you know, I strengthened my relationship with him. He looked at me and he goes, well, you do now. We're all sitting oh, right here. Yeah. He's like, we've got your back. And he goes, and you know, you can always call any of us. And if we can't help you, we'll help you find somebody who can. And he goes, and we mean that. And I literally almost broke down crying in the middle of Cabo Press, you know, and, you know, work people. But, but it was, that was, that was a shifting point for me again, because I was like, you know what? He's right. Mm. I do have people that I can turn to. And, and again, you can't, you, while you can make relationships online, you really strengthen them when you have that in-person interaction and you can walk up and you can hug people or, you know, touch them. Um, I don't know if you know that we did WordCamp warm up in Ann Arbor and it was before no. for WordCamp Ann Arbor and it was my idea. And I arranged the first one, the first and the second one. And we, it was geared towards introverts, people who had not been to their first WordCamp. I wanted them to come to this pre-event and I greeted every single person at the door I touched every single person with either a hug, a handshake, or a, or a hand on their back to greet them and make them feel welcome. And I introduced them and I made sure people had people to talk to. And mm. then I gave them like things to know about other people in the room, like I, like interesting facts. And I gave them starting point conversations for the next day. Um, and they really, people really liked it. And that was you know, just in that effort to help them you know, make that moment and, and make that moment at WordCamp special and really get the most out of it. Um, and I wish every WordCamp would do that because I think it would maybe hopefully help other people come who wouldn't necessarily come otherwise, you know, because you have that little friend before you walk into school the first day. <laughs> yeah, what a great idea, because I think I think I've, in the past I've, you know, walked into situations that I'm so out of my depth in. And I know exactly what that feeling is like, where you don't know the first thing to say. And very it's often it's, it's the first thing. Once the first yeah. thing is said, you kind of realize, oh, they're human as well. Look, they're also like me. But wandering up to a stranger and uttering the words and beginning that conversation is, I think, possibly the hardest bit. Um, so, what? Well, yeah, what a great idea. Um so you run um, a WordPress agency. I, I think I'm saying that correctly. You specifically around WordPress, and you've also got this um, very, very enviable reputation around the SEO work that you do. Here's a question: Do you enjoy your work? Do you like doing what you do? So I love working with clients. I love education and teaching people, and I love helping them grow. Mm. So you know, I do love building new websites for people. Well, my team does, you know, I don't have that skill set and I love working with clients on SEO. I love all of that. Mm -hmm. What I hated was payroll and receivables and compliance and all those kind of things. And yep. as I grew the agency, that seemed like that's all I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I truly hated it. And that was the reason I started to scale back because I started to get really unhappy and really just down. And, and I think my husband said something like, you know, you're, you're 
he's like, you're spending time doing stuff you don't like. You're getting away from your core. You know, and the, the core is to help people. I mean, that's how my grandma raised me is you freaking help people. That's what you are here to do is, you know, it's not always about you. It's you help others. Um, and, and that's what I love about SEO. So I do enjoy it. But what I will tell you, and especially I think this week, because um, I've moved and I'm in a, in a rural area and my husband's been gone all week, is it's lonely. Mm. Like the only people I talked mm. to yesterday were prospects. I had two prospect calls. And everything else was just me heads down doing SEO for clients and doing work. And that gets pretty dang lonely because mm. I don't have, you know, people to interact with. Um, and I think that's I think that's the nature of our industry and people who code and, you know, and SEO consultants, because it is a lot of, you know, individual work. And you don't have that interaction that that you, you know, really most a lot of people want and need. Is your day day to day work then very much based in front of a computer and taking phone calls about leads and things like that? Or do you find yourself driving around in the car and meeting people in real life or are you more sticking sticking in front of the computer? So very few of my clients are ever local. Mm. I, I, my client base is international. Um, so my, my whole day is is in front of the computer. I do time blocking. So like I have client work for three hours at a time. You know that I'm working on a specific client. Um, I, I and I really um, qualify clients before I'll ever get on the phone with them because most people are not a fit. Um, and you know, so that and that limits my interaction even more. So yeah, yeah so <laughs> I, you know, I am all the time on computers. But that's one of the reasons. Like when I was when I do the six week mastermind sessions with students for SEO, I enjoy that because I get like two three hours at a time with this group. And it feels like summer camp. And then at the end of the six weeks, when everybody goes away, I feel like everybody's getting on the buses and I'm the camp counselor and they're all leaving me you know, to go home to their families. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Stay, come back. Yeah, stay, come back. <laughs> we have uh, just begun. Um, one of the things that I picked up on, and I, again, regrettably, I can't say exactly where it was, but you said something which absolutely struck a chord with me. Um, I don't know if I would ever have been capable of growing a big agency, but I've always wanted to rein everything in and keep everything just just a nice, manageable size. Do you want to speak to us about that a little bit? You know, Because the, the, the idea is always grow, get bigger, be massive, be important and all of that. And and I've always been different. I've always wanted to just let, have my family life, have a normal home and just make sure that I can keep on top of it all. Yeah. So, you know, when I started the agency, like I just needed to pay my bills and be mm. able to have food. Um, and then we started to get so much business that I couldn't manage it. And I kept adding people. And then there were there was um a gentleman who wanted to come in and invest in the company and grow it. And then there was another company that was interested in acquiring us and, you know, again, continuing to grow it. And I, while I entertained and I, you know, went down those paths, um, I, you know, I just, I realized it, that growth wasn't what was going to make me happy. And it, mm. and it like, and that's one of the reasons why I sold the theme store over to nine seats. I spent so much time worrying about the support aspects of it and, you know, and, and being able to take care of the customers moving forward that it became no longer, um, anything that was fun because it was outside of what I could manage when, mm. you know, Chris Cree, we had worked, um, with web savvy for a long time and he was that shepherd of the theme store. It was his idea and he was the shepherd shepherd of it. Well, he went to Scotland and he opened up a Bible college because that's what his passion was. And that's what his and his wife really wanted to do. Well, when he left, you know, I was left without a shepherd for the store. And a lot of people are like, why'd you sell the store? I'm like, because 
I wasn't going to be able to do any good for the clients and I didn't have someone to take care of it. And all it was, was stress. And did it take a big portion of the business away? Yeah. But it was the right thing to do for the customer base. And it was the right thing to do for me mentally Mm -hmm. because, you know, growth isn't always the right thing. And so now we keep things, um, we keep things lean. And if I work with SEO with a client, I'm the one working with the client directly. I don't outsource it. I don't have, you know, minions that do it for me. Um, and, and that is so I can keep that interaction and, and keep us small enough Mm -hmm. so that it's, you know, that, that clients are well-served and I'm happy and it's paying my bills. And, um, you know, and I always caution people because like when I'm at WordCamp and they're talking about that growth and it's like I ask them, I'm like, but do you really need to grow? Mm. Do you want to grow? Like, you know, what makes you happy? That's and the question. They, yeah. And when they start talking about what makes them happy, I'm like, but that's not part of the growth. When you, you know, when you start to grow and like you're the agency owner, well, now you have to worry about operations and receivables and payables and, you know, the business licenses and things like that and sales tax reporting. I'm like, is that going to make you happy? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, then you need an operations manager or an accountant. And, you know what I mean? And then like the kind of the light bulb goes off. They're like, oh, yeah, well, oh. maybe growth isn't like exactly what I do want. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I encourage you to grow if that's what you want. And that's what's going to make you happy. But I also don't want you to go down the path that I did where things grew so much that you lost the connection of what really did fuel you and makes you happy. Cause I think that that's a huge part of success. Yes. You know, whether it's me or it's my employees, it's, you know, you, you put people in positions where they do what enriches them and mm. fuels them. Um, and, and that's how, that's how people are successful. You know, I mean, if you put someone in a position that they're doing something that they hate, that is never going to lead to success mm. because they're going to avoid it and it's going to be a downer for them. And, you know, that's, you, you can't do that. You guys, I mean, I, and, and I try to remember that for myself as well as my, whoever's on my team. I, I have no idea really what the measure of happiness is. I, I've glimpsed it and, you know, there are long periods where I'm very happy. Um, but I don't know what that is, but I know it isn't growing an agency. I know that for me, no. that, that just it, that everything that you just mentioned, all the payroll and dealing with people and all of that, it just, it's not part of my core, whatever I am, that personality that I was given as a child. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't, just doesn't fill that void. I just have no. different, different aspirations. Yeah. My measure of it is when I have to come into my office in the morning, do I want to do that? Uh, or do yeah. I feel like I am going to the dentist? Yeah. And, it, and, yeah. and when we were, when we were large and I had to go into my office and sit down at my desk, I felt like I was going to the dentist for a root canal okay. and I just didn't want to do it. And no. it was day after day and month after month. And that was like the kicker to me. It's like, no, 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 no. You already liberated yourself multiple times in your life, you need to liberate yourself from this as well, because this is not good for the long term. Mm. Here's a question which might be WordPress related, but it might not. But it's going to be my final question, if that's all right, Rebecca. And it is just looking back over the span of your life thus far, what's the bit that's made you most, let's use the word proud, let's go with that. Oh, gosh, for sure, my kids, yeah. you know, being a mom. And and I think, um, you know, given your kids um, better, a better life than you've had yourself. Mm. Um, you know, making and not, but not financially, not like with things, but giving them, a, a good upbringing where they're he- healthy and they're happy and they're secure mm. and, you know, and sending them on their way. My daughter is leaving for an out of state college, um, in two weeks and she's prepared. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's it. And that's, that's a proud moment is to say, you know what, she's a good person. She's got, she wants to do good in the world. You know, her pursuit for her career is where she can make a difference. Uh, she wants to be rich and wants to travel the world, of course, because she's 18, but she also mm-hmm. wants to do something that she's passionate about and she wants to follow that direction. And that makes me proud, mm-hmm. you know, cause she isn't so focused on things that don't matter. And, um, you know, and, and like, it's like, okay, I did a good job. She's, mm. she's ready to go. And I didn't break her in the process. <laughs> yeah. What, a, what an important thing to say. How, how delightful. Um, we didn't touch on WordPress a lot, but as I said at the beginning, that was very much the intention. I just thought your whole history and story was just so wonderful and worth sharing. Um, I'm sure that in, in parts, people will take wonderful little moments from that and be able to, you know, take a, a lesson from it. We always give people at the end of the podcast an opportunity to uh, just tell us about where you are online. And, and if you want to do that and have a moment to tell us about your stuff, here is that moment. Okay. So um, I do have a website, uh, multiple websites, but you can basically find me through RebeccaGill.com and that will reach, reach you into the other web properties, whether it's the agency or the courses that I have online or, you know, my social media profiles, um, everything's there, including mm. like, you know, when this goes live, I'll have a link to this podcast there as well. Yay. Well, like I said, not much about WordPress, but go and do exactly what Rebecca just said. Check her out and you, you'll know, you'll, you'll understand why we've got on because her her importance in the WordPress space is is very great indeed. So thank you so much for coming on and talking so openly about what a fascinating life you've had. Thanks very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I hope, um, you know, I hope somebody is listening that says, you know what, that's me. Mm. And that helped. And then it's all worth it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I hope you enjoyed listening to Rebecca. Wasn't it fabulous? What a lovely story she has to tell. And just strikes so many chords with me so many things that she said really really impacted me and and I felt very much in tune with the majority of what she said it was absolutely lovely to record that interview today's podcast was sponsored by GoDaddy GoDaddy Pro is teaming up with web industry experts to bring you practical real world advice and guidance build your WordPress business with their free guides, articles, and tutorials at x.co forward slash wpbuilds. That's the letter x.co slash wpbuilds. We thank GoDaddy for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Thanks again for listening in. I really, really appreciate it. As always, I hope you can cope with the cheesy music, which is about to fade in. Remember, forward slash subscribe forward slash contribute to the ones that I'm going to be mentioning at the end today. If you've got an idea and you'd like to come on, please, please, please fill out the form and come on. And without further ado, I will fade in the cheesy music and say goodbye. We'll see you on Monday for the news. And if not that, we'll see you next Thursday for the podcast. Bye bye. (laughs) 